Yes, it is. Big Voice Guy, 705 Monday night. Wow, here we are. And again, uh, your questions about severance. You've been let go. you got a package in front of you. You have any questions under the employment umbrella? We are here to answer them. Well, Lior's here to answer them. I'm just here to simply press the buttons and, and look good. But it's radio. That doesn't work anyway. Uh, the week that was is coming up very shortly. We're going to get to uh, all of our little tools, including the severance pay calculator, which is actually an amazing tool. It's been around for a couple of years. A couple hundred thousand people have used that sucker. And lots to get through uh, this evening. Your phone calls always. Lines are wide open right now. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. As I said, you got employment questions, severance questions, layoffs, all that stuff. You're in the middle of one. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to answer. But, uh, Leo, we always start with the week that was. Yeah. That's right, Johnny. Thank you very much. And always great to be here. And you mentioned, John, that you're here to look good and press buttons. Well, one out of two things isn't bad. So uh, way to go for that. Uh, and you know, obviously, we want to inform people about their workplace rights. Uh, you know, it is a serious topic. It is a topic that impacts everyone. We all have jobs. And uh, we have questions about those things. We're, you know, maybe we're in our car right now upset about what happened in the workplace, wanting to know if the employer is doing the right thing, if they're even allowed to do what they're doing. Well, you know what? We're here till 8 o'clock. Give us a call. I'll give you the straight goods. And to get us warmed up, let's talk about something that I, uh, I saw this week. The first situation involved a gentleman that called me after he had quit. And, and the reason why he had quit is because, he, he, in his words, he lost confidence in his employer. The reason for that was when he started working there, he had only worked for the company for about a year. Uh, he signed an employment agreement stipulating that he's going to be entitled to a bonus, but the agreement didn't say what the bonus was. The agreement simply said, we're going to agree together to the terms of a bonus, and you're going to get paid this bonus. That's fine. On that basis, he started working. Well, shortly after he started working, he contacted the company and said, well, what about this bonus? Let's sit down and talk about the bonus. Right. company didn't answer, didn't, didn't do anything, refused to deal with that. And he followed up and followed up and nothing, we'll do it maybe later, we don't want to do it, uh, we'll think about it, nothing. After almost a year, he decided that enough is enough. I don't trust these folks anymore, I'm going to leave. And he did. And ultimately, that's when he called me. And what I told him is this. Obviously, it's an important term of your employment that you have a bonus. And if they refuse to live up to it, to even sit down with you and discuss what this bonus is going to be, that is a constructive dismissal. The employer has not lived up to its end of the bargain, to its end of the deal. And if that's the case, you can treat that as a termination, leave and get your severance. And that is exactly ultimately what we did for him. We pursued this as a constructive dismissal. And it's important for our listeners to understand that you, you, you have certain rights. And if you've contracted and bargained for certain rights and the employer doesn't live up to its end of the bargain, you can do something about it. But you actually have to because if you just give up and don't do anything, you're deemed to have accepted it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Peter in Scarborough, you got the, uh, the opening call tonight, pal. How are you? How are you? Excellent. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yes. Hi, Lior. How are you? Doing great. Thanks, Peter. Good. Um, my management company, I work as a, an operations manager in a mixed-use facility. Uh, my management company has uh, basically handed over the contract to another management company. So we had a meeting today. I didn't really like the terms. Um, I wrote a letter to them stating that I didn't accept the terms, and uh, I deemed it as a constructive dismissal. Now, I left the letter open because I wanted to speak to you first about it. Now, what is it uh, that you don't like specifically about the terms? Uh, the health benefits have changed. I'm 53 years old. I, I, I need my health benefits. 
so the health benefits are less. Right. Um, they've taken away uh, the RSP uh, contributions, and I'll be employed by somebody else. And the company I'm working right. for hasn't offered me another position. I see. So here's the thing. There's no question that you can treat this as a termination and get severance. Now, the question will become, do you get your full severance or do you get a portion of your severance only? And the answer to that depends on the reasons for not accepting the new offer. If there's a good reason, then you get uh, your full severance. If there's a good reason not to accept, if there isn't a good reason, you only get a part of it. In your case, it comes down to, to compensation and those types of terms. Ultimately, if the benefits are different, the RSP is different, yeah, those are significant uh, components. I would want to know more about what exactly has changed with those uh, benefits, with the RSP, to understand the difference between what you had and what you've been offered. How long have you been there with, uh, with the company total, uh, Peter? Uh, three and a half years. And what, and, and what, and what kind of a job is it and how old are you, Peter? You said you're 53, but what kind I'm of job? I'm 53. Uh, it's an operation. I'm an operations manager, so I take care of all of the okay. uh, health and safety, maintenance issues, security, housekeeping. Big company, small company? Uh, medium-sized company. Okay, so here's the thing. It, it, for you, it's the difference between getting six months severance or getting three weeks severance. That's the that's the the issue here. Whether or not the offer that you got is a reasonable or not. If it's not a reasonable offer and you can reject it, then you get six months severance. If it is a reasonable offer and you still choose to reject it, then only three weeks severance. Why so you weeks? and I need to speak off air, Peter. I want to understand exactly what's being changed in great detail. Does that make sense? Yeah, certainly. All right, Peter, here's the number I want you to call. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-JUST-GETTING-WARMED-UP. Stretching is all done. It's the Employment Hour on a Monday night. Talk radio, AM 640. Here Monday nights and Wednesday nights, of course, at 7 o'clock, right till 8 on the Employment Hour. 870-6400, star 640 on cell. Do not call that number. You'll we'll get any satisfaction. Uh, Frank in Woodbridge. How are you, Frank? Very good. Thank you. What's happening? Well, I have a small a, a small company, basically, okay, and um, majority of the work is, is is taking place on weekends because it's in the hospitality. I have a staffing agency, okay. Um, yeah. Am I supposed to pay like if it's a statutory, let's say, a long weekend on a Monday? Am I supposed to pay my people time and a half? It's only a part time job, and they don't even work forty hours a week. How is that work? Yes, you. Yeah, no, they, they are. If they work their scheduled shift before and after, then, yes, they do get time and a half on a statutory holiday, uh, irrespective of whether they work full-time or part-time. As long as they work their regularly scheduled shift before, uh, then they they are entitled to, to overtime. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, time and a half on, on statutory holidays. But you said that you got to work the day before and the day after. Am I correct? No, the, n- not the day before. The regularly scheduled shift, even if it's a few days before. So it doesn't have to be the day before, as long as this, the the shift that they were scheduled before. They didn't miss that shift. Mm. No, because the majority, majority of the shifts are basically, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And again, so I understand. Weekend, when the long weekend, the long weekend comes, you know, there's the odd, uh, the odd job, yes. So um, I, I am supposed to pay them seven and a half then, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are supposed to pay them a t- time and a half on a statutory holiday. Yes, absolutely, Frank. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's what I need to know. Okay. Thanks, Frank. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. doesn't matter about the hours of work. He said it's 40 hours, and they don't even reach 40 hours. doesn't matter. 
No, no, it doesn't matter. They still get it if they work it. Absolutely. Got to uh, Adnan here in uh, Brampton. Good evening. Hey, Leo. How are you? Doing great, Adnan. Thanks for calling. I uh, just have a question about a close friend of mine. Um, he is uh, He just turned 65. He was working uh, for a company as a supervisor role for uh, approximately overall 16 years with the company. And uh, all of a sudden, when he turned 65, they kind of pushed him down from that role to more of a regular uh, labor role and start uh, pushing him away from uh, manage the supervisory position. And he got so frustrated, he just uh, kind of quit and left the company and uh, is, you know just didn't go back to work. I guess he got really frustrated from people making fun of him that uh, you know people are supposed to move up the ladder, but you're moving down. So they kind of put him in that situation, and uh, I just want to ask you, does he have any recourse as to compensation or anything? Adnan, absolutely he does, and, and this is a very important call that you made because this is a classic, this is a textbook uh, constructive dismissal. That's exactly what happens in a constructive dismissal when the employer changes the terms of employment in a negative way, and as a result, the employee quits. And this is exactly what happened here. Obviously, if they demoted him, if they took away the responsibility, that's a negative change. It, impa it impacts his career, impacts his prestige in the workplace, and that's exactly what a constructive dismissal is. So not only, uh, Adnan, is he entitled to compensation, after I think you said 16 years or so, uh, and he's 65 years old, someone like him could easily get 18 months pay, even 20 months pay. Uh, so we're talking about a lot of money here. It's not a trivial thing at all. So I think, uh, and, and this is something that you have to explain to him, and you have to have him give me a call, because something like that is actually not even complicated to resolve. It's not like the company can deny that they've demoted him. The facts are the facts. So because of that, we should be able to resolve this very, very quickly. Have him give me a call. I'll be able to help him get that 18, 20 months compensation that he's owed. All right. Okay. Perfect. So I'll have a conversation with him, and I will definitely get in touch with him. Thank you, Adnan. And then that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's to get a hold of Lior directly. Uh, Brian up in Innisfil. Good evening, sir. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good, pal. What's happening? Well, I was talking to my uh, daughter-in-law. She works for a dental office. And um, she's being told that because, of, because she works in a dental office and some of the chemicals that she handles as part of her job, she's not qualified for WSIB. Is that true? Okay. So has she been hurt? Has she been injured? No, 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 no. She was just uh, making inquiries about, you know, we were, we were just chatting, and she said, no, no, I don't qualify for WSIB because I work in a dental office. I am not aware of any exemption uh, that would apply in that type of a situation. I really am not. I think I the, the think best way to – no. And, 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 you know, but this could be resolved quite easily. In fact, she could call WSIB. She can even yeah. give WSIB the name of her employer, and they should yeah. be able to tell her if that specific employer is, is enrolled in the WSIB plan. I mean, she should be covered, and uh, I'm not aware of any exemption that would apply in that particular situation. No, me neither. That's, that's kind of why I'm calling. I've never heard of this before, and I thought, well, that sort of goes against everything we're, we're about here, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it uh, doesn't yeah, it no, sense? there's nothing unusual or unique about a dental office. It would absolutely be covered. In fact, I know, I know people that work in dental off offices and have had to go on WSIB, so that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, okay. and, and, you know, I, I, think, I, I think at the end of the day, though, the good news is 
even if the employer is not paying the WSIB premiums, if, God forbid, something happens to your daughter in the workplace, she would still qualify for WSIB, and WSIB then would make her employer pay the premiums that it was supposed to pay. So either way, probably not much that she needs to do about it. And if something happens, God forbid, I'm sure it won't, the law will take care of it. So nothing really she needs to do now. So, Brian, that number, just in case, write it down. Always good to have one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Lots more of your calls. It's the Employment Hours Talk Radio AM six forty. Up in the skies we go, as the sun goes down on a Monday night. AM six forty chopper traffic. Here's Ari. Seven twenty five. Lior is here until eight o'clock and back on Wednesday night as well. You need to get a hold of him. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Lior at employmenthour dot com. Is the email address taking your calls as always? Uh, Jay in Richmond Hill. Good evening. Hi, how you doing? Good, Jay. What's going on? I have a question uh, for Leo. I wanted to know. I know he helps the uh, employees, but does he also help employers? Yes, Jay. I act for employers all all across the province, even across the country. So yes, I, I work with employers all the time, every day. Uh, do you have a specific uh, issue or concern that you have? an employee who, uh, actually a contractee, who agreed to do um, some work and then uh, decided not to do it and not give me my two weeks, their, their two weeks notice and left me hanging and I ended up losing a very profitable contract because of that. Well, that, that is a breach of contract and if you can show that because of what he did, you lost money, you absolutely are able to pursue that losses. The trick is always to be able to show that the losses are tied to what the, the person didn't do. But in this case, if he was required by the agreement to give you a certain amount of notice and he did not, and as a result, you've suffered financial loss, you can pursue that, absolutely. And if you'd like to talk about that affair and get some details and look at the agreement together, I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah, that would be great. I'd be, I'd be uh, happy to move forward on that and uh, use your services if that's uh, the kind of stuff you would do. Oh, yeah. We, we, we deal with these issues all the time, and uh, I'd be more than happy to chat with you. We'll sit down and, and go over some particulars. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to do that off air. Uh, and, John, why don't you give uh, Jay the number? Absolutely. Jay, this number is one uh, 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 We'll get you in touch uh, right away with Lior. Uh, Marie in Toronto. Hello. Hi, how uh, are you? Excellent. How are you? You have a question for Leor? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, if I hire somebody on a contract, say, for two years, and then the contract ends, do I still need to pay them severance? Or is that excellent question? Of the, and the answer employment is... term? Right. So, so here's the answer. The answer is if you signed them up to a two-year agreement, and it's clear, the agreement says it's for two years and it has the end date on it, then no, at the end of it, you're not required to, uh, to pay them severance. Simply, they would have had two years notice of the termination of their employment. That said, I want you to be careful here with two things. Number one is if you're going to hire someone on a two-year agreement, you want to give yourself an early exit ability. In other words, what happens if three months in, you realize things are not working out and you want to let the person go, well, if you haven't given yourself an early exit uh, ability, you have to pay them the balance of the two years. So you want to have a term in that agreement that stipulates, if we need to let you go before the end of the contract, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pay you a week, two weeks, whatever it is that's appropriate in that situation. That's number one. Number two is if you renew the contract, so the contract ends and you decide to renew it, 
if you keep renewing a contract, you may lose the ability to rely on it if it just automatically renews. Okay. So you want to be careful with renewals of, of contract. But the best advice is, uh, especially with a two-year contract, which is a big commitment, you want to have me take a look at the agreement, maybe help you draft some language that protects you uh, so that uh, if things don't work out the way you want it to, you're fully protected. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marie. Thanks, and anyone Marie. else, it's uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. So how many times, you know, you, you mentioned renewing in contracts. How many times can Marie do that or anybody else for that matter before it just becomes plain old employment? Yeah, and that's a great question. Usually once we're talking about the second renewal, so we have an agreement renewed once and then renewed again, mm-hmm. that's the second renewal, we're starting to look at regular employment. So especially if the renewals are almost kind of automatic, there's not really a lot of debate or negotiation about them. Okay, here's we're going to renew, sign here, I sign, we move on. Then after a couple of times, it's just regular indefinite employment. Uh, so you need to be mindful of that if you're the employer or the employee. I've had situations, John, where someone's been working for 15 years on one-year contracts, one year after one year mm-hmm. for 15 years. And after year 15, the employer says, well, this time we're not renewing the contract, so we don't have to pay you anything. Nonsense. Certainly after all these years, he's a regular employee. Now he's been terminated as a 15-year person. So, of course, he's going to be entitled to quite a lot of severance. So be mindful of that if that was your situation, both if you're an employer or an employee. We'll take a quick break. The Employment Hour coming right up here on Talk Radio, AM 640. It's Monday night, night one of two during the week. You'll get the Employment Hour here on AM 640. The other one, of course, being Wednesday at 7 o'clock as well. And you got uh, Paul in Toronto. Paul, thanks for hanging in there, pal. What is happening? No, not too much, guys. How's it going today? Good. What do you got? Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your concern? Uh, I work for a large corporation in the transportation industry, and there's talk that they're changing our schedule all around. I work a very strict schedule based on time like we start the same time every night do the same thing every day they're changing it all around uh could stand to lose some money in the scheduling changing and changing my time around my start time works really well for my family we have a young child at home i work steady nights my wife first days somebody's always home with the child uh, i was wondering what i what my rights are on that and you know on based on if i stand to lose any money on this new schedule so, very good question, Paul, and you may be able to do something even if you don't lose money. What I mean by that, if the, the change is significant, so instead of working uh, eight hours at night, you have to now work eight hours in the day or vice versa, or even you know, even a, a lesser significant change is a significant one. Obviously, we schedule our whole life based on our work mm-hmm. schedule, and for you now to, be, uh, to have to change that, that's a big deal, even if the money is the same. So what happens if you're now once you find out what your schedule is, if this is a significant change that really doesn't work for you, you would have the option of treating that as a constructive dismissal. What that means that instead of continuing to work this new schedule, you can leave and get severance. Now, there's no way to physically stop the employer from changing the schedule. The only thing we could do is if the schedule doesn't work for you is we can get you out of there. Now, how long have you been with this company, Paul? Five years five years. Uh, and uh, how old are you, Paul? 46. So you'd easily be looking at six months pay, probably uh, even a bit more, seven, maybe even eight months pays, what severance for you would be if that change happens. So the best advice right now today is continue doing your job as best as you can. If they do announce a change that impacts you, 
give me a call before you do anything, before you quit, before you, you, you start working. Let me, know, uh, let me give, know about what the difference is, the changes, how it impacts you. And if we do agree that it's a constructive dismissal, and if you want to do that, we can get you out of there with severance. Okay? Okay, okay great. Yeah, the, there's talk that the schedule may be starting as soon as next week. So they're, they're not bringing it out yet. We're hoping within the next couple of days. So. Yeah, Paul. As soon as you know what yep. it is, unless, of course, you're, un- you're happy with it. If you're unhappy with it, right. give me a call as soon as you know what it is. Paul, that number, one 855 Again, one 855 If you want to email Lior and get the number again, if you didn't catch it, it's simply Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Mark in uh, Mississauga, good evening. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, Mark. All right. What's going on? So I've been with this company now for almost four years, and... Uh, I was made aware recently that I've been put on a performance improvement plan, uh, and I've been on one for two months without being made aware of it uh, beforehand. And uh, when I was really? told that okay. I'm going to be put on one, I said, well, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And, and the response is, you're already on one. We just haven't told you yet. And why do you think all the follow-ups <laughs> have been about? So I said, I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Um, and uh, basically when that concern was raised, uh, it kind of calmed down a little bit. So that's really my question is, can you be put on a performance improvement plan without being made aware of it, even if it's an informal one? Well, here's the thing. It's like saying, we've warned you, but we didn't tell you that we warned you. So <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a stop secret warning. You know what I mean? It's, it's pointless because the whole point of a performance improvement plan is to put together some sort of a, a goal, a target for the employee to meet over a period of time. So you can't actually be in a proper performance improvement plan if you don't know about it. Like I said, you can't be warned if no one warned you. So it's, the idea is almost absurd. Whoever the, the, the HR person there should probably be, uh, uh, you know, go get some, some proper education in this field. Here's the thing. You can only control what you can control. You can do your job to the best of your ability. If you're aware of specific concerns they've raised about your performance, if you don't agree with those concerns, you should make that known. You should put your position in writing as to why those issues are not your fault or if why what they've said is not fair and it's not proper, and, and make that known. I wouldn't worry about a performance improvement plan. Uh, it's meaningless if, if you're not formally on it and, and accept it. And not only should you be accepting it, you should, you know, there should be a, a discussion with you about what's appropriate and what's not. So I would deal with any specific issues that you know about. I really wouldn't uh, be concerned about a performance improvement plan that's uh, top secret like that. Top secret. Let's get to one more before we break. Got uh, George in Toronto. Hi, George. How are you? Dr. Bad, how are you? Good. What's, uh, what's your concern? Leor's here. Um, I, I have been uh, employed by uh, a large company uh, as a subcontractor for the past two months uh, or two and a half months. And they uh, basically, I just feel like uh, they might let me go uh, very soon. Seems like uh, they're putting extreme pressure on me right now. I just want to know whether or not uh, I'm entitled for any severance. Now, you said you're working there as a subcontractor. Uh, do you work regular hours? Do you work uh, hours that change? It's, yes, it's uh, regular hours. Uh, it's paid per an hour, and it's about minimum 40 hours a week. So, exclusive, and you work exclusively for them? Correct. Okay, so guess what? In the eyes of the law, you're an employee. 
not even a question about it. If you're working 40 plus hours a week exclusively for them, regular hours, you're an employee. The law does not consider you to be a contractor. Because of that, yes, you would be entitled to severance, not even a question. How much? You know, it depends on your age, position, length of employment. If they were to let you go, let's say, after three months, uh, what kind of job? What do you do, George? Um, basically, uh, I'm a handyman. Um, we, we get those uh, new condos and we finish them off. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got it. And how old are you, George? Um, about 41. So if, if they only let you go after three months, you'd probably be looking at three weeks, four weeks of severance is what you'd be owed, uh, probably about four weeks of severance. Uh, now, obviously, if it happens after a year or whatever longer, then that severance would increase. So if you are let go and you, know, you don't get the severance that you're owed, and I wouldn't be surprised if they consider you to be a contractor and they don't pay you. Mm-hmm. If, they, if that's what happens, give me a call and then I should be able to help you get what you're owed. George, that number is one 821 5900 if you need uh, Leora when it comes down the pike. In the meantime, we'll take a quick break. Lines are open. You want to give us a call? We'll take your calls right till 8 o'clock. More of the employment hour coming right up here. Still plenty of time to call in. You got questions about uh, your employment, your job, your severance, being unemployed, being employed. We'll take them all here. Jesse and Alliston, thanks for hanging in. How are you, Jesse? Yeah, pretty good. How about you? Good. What, uh, what's your concern? I was calling for my mom. Uh, she's been working at a place for 15 years. And she's consistently been bothered by by another, I guess, like you'd say, like her boss, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she's been she's made complaints here and there, but she's worried that I told her about to call in, right? But she says that she's worried because she has no proof other than she has made complaints, but she's worried that that company will actually hide her complaints if they even reported it at all, and uh, none of the other employers will. Um, she's well back her. She's saying she's scared, but she everyone's kind of scared of this guy. Now, Jesse, you said she's made complaints. What happened with those? Were they investigated? Was there anything done at all? Uh, no, they basically just reported. She asked not to work on his shift. She, wrote, she runs like a, like a printing press. So the leader okay. of that printer, like, like the guy who runs the press, she feeds the machine and he runs it. Mm-hmm. So um, any, if anything that she does, like if she messes up a little bit, he, like he'll not just you know, tell her something. She'll, he'll kind of yell at her and put her down. Like she's come home crying from and, work. And, and, uh, and they refused to do anything at all. They they just said you have to grin and bear it. Well, she's she I I don't know. She made complaints, but I don't know if she fall, kept falling through with it. You know, like she's not very assertive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah and, and you know the, the the first thing that we I always tell people to do when these situations happen is to see if we can resolve it internally. That's always the best way. And what I mean by that is file a complaint with HR or whoever the, the right person is in this location and you know, you know, work with them to try to get this resolved. The employer is under an obligation to investigate and if it determines that what the, uh, the person did is inappropriate, they have to take measures. Uh, and sometimes they may be changing the shifts, they may be disciplining the person that was harassing, uh, etc. Now, if, if she did that, if she gave them an opportunity to fix the problem and they didn't, then we need to deal with it externally. And what I mean by that, we may have to uh, potentially treat this now as a constructive dismissal 
and, and have her get out of there if, if this is impacting her well-being now, et cetera, and get her compensation. After 15 years, she could easily be owed 18 months pay even more than that. So okay. that, that's, that's something to consider. Now, I would want to talk to her about how we actually build up a case, how we – I can give her some thoughts and, and ideas as to how do we document these things, keeping a log, a journal where she indicates exactly what happened, keep that contemporaneously. But generally, we'd want to do that once we've explored the internal option. So if she feels she's done what she can internally and nothing was done to help her and fix the problem, then yes, we can then look at the idea of a constructive dismissal, get her out of there, get her that 18 months compensation. Hopefully, uh, you know, you don't want to wait too long because I have seen situations where it impacted someone's health so much that they've had to go on a disability leave for, for a long time. You don't want that for your mother, of course. So I would have her give me a call. We can talk off air, so that way she doesn't have to be on the radio, and and I can I can give her some thoughts as to how we document these things. And if she wants to get out of there with compensation, I can certainly help her. Awesome. Does Thanks that make sense, Jesse? Yeah, it sounds great. Jesse, that okay. number again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll uh, take a quick break here. Why don't we? And we'll come back with. Uh, some more knowledge, maybe a couple emails in your phone calls. Of course, Employment Hour continues right till 8 o'clock tonight on both Mondays and Wednesdays, by the way, right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. Now we'll get to, to a couple of your calls here as we get close to the top of the hour. Mark up in uh, Bolton. Good evening, Mark. What's uh, what's your story? Hi, Dave. Uh, thanks for taking my call. No worries. Um, so what happened to me recently was um, I was working for an engineering firm for about eight years, and then I was reached out from another firm. Uh, to join their team, uh, which I did, and uh, with, I was with them for about two and a half months, and uh, they terminated me, and they actually told me that it wasn't based on my performance, but instead it was based on uh, my religious beliefs, Wow! Uh, the fact that I wasn't able to work on Saturdays because I keep the Sabbath, and, um, and so uh, they gave me a month uh, to continue working after I was terminated. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, actually, uh, last week was my last week, so. You got any severance? Well, sorry? You got any severance? Uh, no, no, they just, uh, my last, my last paycheck will come next week for the last couple of weeks I've worked and, um, and just the month they gave me to work after I was terminated. Okay. Now, Mark, obviously, you know, you, you don't need me to tell you. I, I hope that that's wrong and that's that's illegal. You cannot let someone go uh, because they, they need to observe their religious religious beliefs. And obviously, you know, observing a, a Sabbath, it's a very common religious belief. Uh, there's more than one religion that, that follow that, so that there's nothing wrong with that at all. And you can't be penalized for that. Absolutely not. Uh, they have to accommodate you, even if it means making some changes to allow you to continue working while observing your religious beliefs. So that termination is illegal. It's a violation of the Human Rights Code. The fact that it's illegal entitles you to compensation, to damages. Now, that's issue number one. Issue number two is the fact that, as I understand it, you were working for eight years, and then these guys came to you and recruited you. Is that right? Correct. So if that's the case, now you're entitled to severance, but you potentially are entitled to enhanced severance that recognizes your time with the previous company, the one that you worked eight years for. So potentially now when you're let go, you're, you're an eight-year employee, and you could easily be owed 10 months, 12 months of severance, 
plus the human rights uh, damages that we've talked about. So there's a lot here that you are owed. They obviously uh, put you in a very difficult situation to leave a secure job on, only to let you go a couple of months later. So that compensation that you owed is very important. You mm-hmm. really, really need to give me a call off air, Mark, here. We need to discuss this, and I can help you get what you owed. That This is illegal, but it's an important story to be able to tell our listeners uh, because people need to know that an employer cannot do that. So, Mark, please give me a call off air. Mark, that number, write this down, man, for sure. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Uh, we'll get you in here. Uh, Taryn is a Taryn in Bowmanville or Barry. Hi, there. Hi, it's Taryn. Hey, Taryn, how are you? What's going on? Uh, I've been working at a place for about four years now. It's a grocery store. And we have a meat shop in the grocery store where we like, cut our own meat and prepare the customers' meat and whatnot. So I'm getting paid one cent over minimum wage right now, and I perform the duties of a butcher on a regular basis. And I was wondering if there's any opportunity for me to go say hey, like my, to my employer, hey, I... Um, I think it's time I get a raise or like I've been here four years now and you guys only pay me a cent over. Like what can I do? Right. And I absolutely think that you should go speak to your employer and, and, and you know, hopefully you can prevail on them that you are doing more than just the, the job that uh, you were hired for and they should compensate you accordingly. That said, if ultimately, despite what you say, they refuse to give you a pay raise, there's not much that the law can do about that. There's no legal obligation on an employer to give a pay raise as long as they pay at least minimum wage. Obviously, for business reasons, even for ethical reasons, they should do that, but they don't actually have to legally. So if they refuse, and and this is uncomfortable, you may consider a different position, but there's no harm in asking, and I think you should, uh, and hopefully that could work for you uh, very well. Jennifer, I got uh, literally about 30 seconds. Uh, What's your concern? I'm a dog walker, and I'm looking at hiring either an employee or an independent contractor, and I just wondered what the difference between the two were. So an independent contractor is someone that doesn't work for you regularly, someone that kind of uh, gets to make their own schedule, provide their availability, uh, and it's not a, a, a regular job where you were telling them what to do at any time. So if you're going to hire someone occasionally to come help you out uh, and they provide the availability, that's probably okay. That's probably not an employee. Uh, And that's important, especially when it's time to end the relationship. If you have an employee, you owe them severance. If you have a contractor, then you do not. So the best advice, though, is if you hire someone, doesn't matter if it's an employee or contractor, you want them to sign a proper agreement. You have to take that seriously. Give me a call, and I can help you put a a good agreement like that together. That'll be uh, pretty much wrap it for another night, my friend. In the meantime, if you haven't checked this out, severancepaycalculator.com. See what you wrote. Monetary level will be on there. Punch in some uh, quick information. It'll be all laid out for you. In the meantime, until Wednesday night, back here at 7 o'clock, Lior's number 1-855-821-5900 or simply Lior at employmenthour.com. We're back here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640.